You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. A.K.A. DJ Shark Slayer. Uh, behind every little fish is a great white lie. <laughs> You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned, the show where we talk about some of your favorite movies from your childhood. You know, the ones you're nostalgic about. And we watch them objectively without the rose-colored glasses. Let you know, are these movies actually good or are you blinded by nostalgia? Oh, my gosh. <sighs> This week, we watched 2004's animated family comedy, Shark Tale, or Fish Puns the Movie. Oh my god, Fish Puns and Pop Culture references the movie. This movie was a viewer request, and I think it was one of our first viewer requests, and we put it off. We put it off for all sorts of reasons, and, uh, you know, I was thinking maybe two years in now, uh, maybe there's good reasons to watch this movie. No, there's no good reasons to watch this movie. Brandon, this was, I would say, less of a request and more of a hostage situation because this, mm-hmm. a spe- this specific viewer or listener, rather, actually wrote in, uh, rated us on Facebook, I believe, and, you know, gave us like four stars instead of five stars, purposefully um, holding out that last star until we did the movie Shark Tale. That was this person's request. And uh, I got to say, and now we fucking did it. So <laughs> go fix your fuck. Give us our perfect <laughs> score on Facebook back, you son of a bitch. Fix it. Ah, uh, Shark Tale. Man, oh man. What a movie. You know what? Also, Zach, I-, I think eventually we're just gonna cover the entire goddamn DreamWorks library. This is like the fifth fucking movie we've, we've done from this. We have to stop doing DreamWorks animated films. We-, we just have to stop. Yeah, I mean, this this movie, it's directed by Bebo Bergeron, Vicky Jensen, and Rob Letterman, and some of those names might sound familiar because Bergeron co-directed previous Nostalgia Be Damned episode, The Road to El Dorado. Jensen co-directed previous Nostalgia Be Damned episode, Shrek, as well as directed uh, Postgrad. Okay. Great. And Rob Letterman. Rob Letterman's actually a pretty prolific director around Hollywood. He brought us several movies, including Monsters vs. Aliens, Gulliver's Travels, Goosebumps, and most recently, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. As ranty as I got off on this episode, I'm glad we're doing it because, Brandon, I don't know about you, but this is a movie that I remember thinking was okay the first time I saw it. I, I by no means went out and bought a Shark Tale t-shirt or hat, but, you know, something that I saw idly one day and was like, yeah, you know, that wasn't terrible. I'm going to go even further than you, dude. I would say I really liked this movie Ooh. when it first came out. Yeah, I know, dude. First, it was the perfect storm, the perfect fucking storm, because this was 2004, a year after Finding Nemo, which I was a huge fan of uh, for different reasons. This one came along I love the fucking cast. This is Will Smith. Smith. Will Smith. Uh, yeah. Will Smith. Will Smith is great in this movie. <laughs> I, I can't wait to dive into Will Smith. Uh, I can't wait to see Will Smith and Gemini Man coming up here pretty soon. Ooh, uh, dude, that's, yeah, that's double loving... the Will Smith. Anyway, go ahead. This was Peak Smith, and it's also got Jack Black, Robert De Niro. This fucking cast is stacked. This movie is kind of in that time era where Will Smith wasn't exactly <laughs> someone that we were tired of yet. No! So it, it, I think this was... And Jack Black was, I think, maybe at the height of his power, or at least coming to the height of his power. Yeah, the year after School of Rock, dude. He's he's riding high. Yeah, and Angelina Jolie definitely at the height of her power during this movie. Uh, so this was attempting film when it came out it was uh not very well received by critics it's got a 36 percent on rotten tomatoes and a 6.0 on uh imdb 
It cost $75 million to make it, earned $160 million in the U.S. and $367 million worldwide. It finished just outside the top 10 for the year of 2014. Uh, what is this, 2004, at number 11, actually, coming in just ahead of Will Smith's other 2004 vehicle, iRobot. Ooh, iRobot. That, now, that is a, uh, that's another stay-tuned Will Smith movie. <laughs> 100%. And in terms of 2004 family films, it earned less than Shrek 2, The Incredibles, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, previous NBD episode, National Treasure, and upcoming episode, the Polar Express. <laughs> You've been teasing the Polar Express <laughs> since we started this show. Yeah, exactly. We're just dipping the tip in. That and Stuart Little. Whether you're happy about it or not, Zach, they have to come, all right? Not unless I end the podcast on this episode. <laughs> Which could likely be the case. Which is, we are on our way. It did earn more than Lemony Snicket's, dude. Series of Unfortunate Events, The Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagement, SpongeBob SquarePants movie? Scooby-Doo 2? Monsters Unleashed, dude? How about Garfield the movie? And what about Christmas with the Cranks? My God, what a power year. What a powerhouse year for family movies. Yeah, I mean, 2004, they were cranking these goddamn things out. The original title for the movie was actually uh, Shark Slayer, but it was changed to Shark Tale about a year before release because Jeffrey Katzenberg, kind of the CEO of uh, DreamWorks, thought the title might scare families away. Ooh, Shark Slayer, it's too scary for everybody. Ooh, we gotta change it. Fucking grow up, Snowflake. Oh, boy. Oh, come on, man. The film was produced concurrently, actually, with Finding Nemo. Both studios were aware of the concepts of each film and did their best not to step on each other's toes. And I think it shows, honestly. These movies are, are very uh, different, despite, I think, Shark Tale maybe trying to ride that wave of success that was Finding Nemo. I was going to say, this movie, I remember when it came out, it felt a lot like a cash grab to just sort of, oh, Finding Nemo was so fucking good. Let's let's try and capture that, which is so often the case in a lot of these family movies. Um, but I, I think they do a good job making sure that this is different, whereas Finding Nemo is, I don't want to say a realistic look at the undersea world, but you know, you, you're not going to find a bunch of fish puns or like... Uh, fish coca-cola ads in that movie whereas this one is just trying to be hey this is new york city but definitely underwater the american family association by the way a christian conservative organization raised concerns about this movie suggesting that it was designed to promote the acceptance of gay rights by children primarily by having lenny Ooh, this movie is too <laughs> gay Ooh, it's scary and it's gay Ooh. primarily by having lenny uh, who's played by Jack Black, uh, who is a vegetarian shark, uh, and his struggles as an allegory for the struggles gay men go through with their homosexuality. He also cross-dresses at one point. <sighs> yeah, it's not very, again, it's not very good. <laughs> what you do to my boy? You turned him into, oh, a, into a... A dolphin. <laughs> you turned him into a dolphin. Yeah, I wonder if that's like the equivalent of like some sort of hate speech, you know, in our lexicon i don't know i'm not going to get into the politics of shark tale but we will get into some of the content because there's a little bit of swearing in this and also i get there's not really violence but it was some like crude humor type stuff this is actually the fifth computer animated film ever to be rated pg by the mpaa after ants dinosaur shrek and ice age we've done three out of those four by the way honestly uh, this movie compared to ants this movie is tame ants is they have a full-fledged omaha beach scene in ants <laughs> 
very true. Yeah, and they and they imply that uh, Sylvester Stallone and J Lo fuck. Yeah, they do, but they don't tackle homosexual ants, and I think that's the distinction. That's how you get the PG. Uh, uh, that's the MPAA. Dude. How much? How much you know better I mean? would ants have been if if there were gay ants? Yeah, if he had been gay. Like, better movie. Better movie. This movie was also somehow nominated for the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, dude. It somehow lost to The Incredibles. I don't get that. What? You mean that beautiful work of cinema? Dude, I know that it's 2004. I know that the Polar Express wasn't that well regarded, and we might get into it, or we will get into it, into a future episode. But is it, it's animation, that's worse than this movie? They thought Shark Tale was better than that, or the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, for that fucking matter, dude. You like, know what? What? I was going to get into this when we started the plot, but it's worth bringing up now. I don't ever, ever, ever like when they decide to animate animals to look like humans. Stop making Will Smith look like a fish. Stop making Angelina Jolie look like a fish. A Stop sexy making... fish. Yeah. I... First of all, I don't want to fuck your fish. I just don't. <laughs> Second of all, Dude, sharks you in might... this movie want to fuck that fish, though. Yeah, I know. Everybody wants to fuck that fish. And don't get me wrong, it's a sexy, sexy fish. A very fuckable fish. But I don't want anything to do with it. And I don't want Will Smythe uh, look, looking weird. Yeah, I don't want a weird Will Smith fish. You know what would be funny is it if... just It's bizarre. You know what would be funny is if I cut me saying, mispronouncing his name, and then just leaving all the times you mispronounce the name throughout the episode, everyone would be like, does he not know it's Will Smith? I actually, <laughs> I, I'm making a conscious effort to pronounce it Smith for the rest of the episode. <laughs> no, I've noticed, I've noticed. Oh, man. Okay, a video game based on the film was released on September 29, 2004 for Microsoft Windows, Xbox, GameCube, PlayStation 2, and Game Boy Advance. I owned it. On PS2. No way. You owned that game, huh? I remember when it came out. I owned <laughs> Shark Tale on PS2. Uh, why? Couldn't beat, like, the second level, and then I didn't. I just kind of stopped. But for a while there, I played, like, the first two levels many, many times. Honestly, I got to say, as a, as a kid, I was a terrible gamer. Still am kind of to this day. Uh, and you can attest to that. Oh, yeah. I, I have kicked Brandon's ass many a time in video games. It's not even a contest. I've seen that video game before. I never owned it, but normally uh, these tacked-on video games to go along with early 2000 animation franchises, I don't think a single one of them has ever worked out. Yeah, they usually suck, and honestly, this one did suck. I don't want to get anyone's hopes up out there. I don't want people you know, rushing to GameStop to try to find this treasure, but... Uh... I do remember, honestly, our family owning that game and me playing it often for a while Ugh, and then Jesus. never playing it again. All right. Any more uh, trivia for this? <sighs> I got nothing, man. Let's just, uh, holy shit. Let's get it over with. Let's do this. Yep. Let's bite the bullet <laughs> and then uh, put the bullet into the gun and shoot ourselves in the head. Go ahead. Here we go. Let's pull this trigger. Well, this is the very first time that the DreamWorks animated logo, by the way, has had some sort of, you know, trickery to it. They, they animate the logo differently than any other film where... This kid up in the moon casts out his goddamn line, and it's got the worm on it, and the worm's screaming for its life. It goes into the ocean, and then I guess we're led to believe that sharks are attracted to worms. I mean, maybe they are. I guess people do catch some sharks on worms, but come on, man. A worm? Yeah, I mean, the worm won't do it, but uh, 
I will say, good start to this movie with the DreamWorks logo and the little worm. That was actually not terrible. As a kid, that blew my goddamn mind. Like, holy shit. Movie logos can do this? Ew, it was so crazy. (laughs) I didn't know they could do this. No, but I'm serious. Anytime, like, a logo has any sort of change in it, like, I remember the X-Men movie logo looked all fucking weird. 20th Century Fox did it quite often. Honestly, they, they mess with their logos. They uh, always R.I.P. do it. R.I.P. <laughs> nice. Jeez. Wow. What, you're really going hard there, huh? Oh, yeah. White Claw, brother. White Claw? No, dude. I'm drinking a shipyard smashed pumpkin. Oh, no, dude. Fucking White Claw summer, baby. I'm all over it. I, you know what? I don't it's care not, if it, it's not summer. I don't care if it makes me look like a douche. It is a delicious, low calorie, and I can drink about 10 of them and feel terrible the next day. Give us money, White Claw. <laughs> well, I'll sponsor that shit. Yeah, sure, sure. White Claw is delicious. It's better Whatever, than shitty okay. pumpkin IPAs. Hey, get out of, dude. Don't do this. Honestly, the shipyard smashed pumpkin isn't as good as shipyard pumpkin head, but you get what you get out here. I don't. Again. I don't want to talk about pumpkin flavored things with you, Brandon. Welcome to Let's move on. Damned beer talk. <laughs> All right, Coming soon. Yeah, Lenny is played by Jack Black. He is uh, one of the great white sharks. His brother, I think it's Michael Imperioli. They've got a lot of Sopranos crossovers here. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, they're Italian gangster sharks. What's more to say? They're the mafia, okay? And it's Frankie and Lenny. And Frankie, Michael Imperioli, he's humming the Jaws theme. And this will bring up a lot of questions I have about this universe. And I only bring it up because I feel like this is a real half-assed attempt at any sort of world building. Like, this is really, I don't know, either thrown together last minute or they just didn't think very (laughs) deeply about the reality of this world because I just don't understand. Well, isn't isn't the... The ship that the sharks hang out on, isn't it like the Titanic or something? It is the Titanic. I believe it is, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Is it... How do they know about all these human products? I, you know, you know what? You're right. It's just not worth getting into. Accept it as it is. Uh, sharks know about Jaws. Moving on. Yes, and the fish are scared of the sharks. Uh, Lenny, he's the shark that no one needs to be afraid of because he lets the worm go and whatnot. He's a vegetarian shark, we'll find out in a bit. But... He's clearly a disappointment to his family, which we meet in a bit here. But first, we're introduced to the South Side Reef. You know, it's a lot of this, uh, it looks like New York City type of deal or Chicago or something like that. It's Times Square. It's essentially Times Square. It's Times Square. Yeah, I mean, even so much so that there's the traffic report. There's a reporter, Katie Current. Drink by Katie Couric. Do you like that? Fish pun drink. Yep. Yeah, fish pun drink. Well, here are some more fish puns I caught in the background that I wrote down. Uh, Gup instead of gap. You get it? There's one that's uh, Fish King instead of Burger King in the same logo format and font. That one perplexed me because that's essentially like Human King or like what? Who? What's going on there? It's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because they they run this joke almost immediately. They zoom in on a sushi shop that's empty, and the owner is really angry about it. And that's actually, ugh, I hate to admit, that's a good joke. I, I is like it? Because what's going? <laughs> Are they actually like yeah, selling? Yeah, I mean that's a that's basically like a cannibal store, right? Yeah, it's hilarious. That's you don't <laughs> think that's funny? That's fucking great. That's a good strong joke to open this movie on. Ugh, debatable. Katie Current is doing a report. She's talking about how the fear of sharks, I guess, is now at an all-time high. I don't know when I said a low, but uh, everyone's freaking out, and we're introduced to our hero of the film. I guess we'll call him the hero. Oscar, who's honestly an absolute piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, he's a real piece of shit for 
zero reason. If, as we mentioned earlier, not only is he a piece of shit, but he looks exactly like Will Smith if Will Smith was a fish, and it's just <laughs> disturbing. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this Will Smith fish face, and I'm not really a big fan of this animation. I will say it's kind of colorful, but it looks remarkably unrendered at times, like at the close-ups of their faces and stuff. It just looks like something you'd see, like the Shrek is Life weird YouTube videos almost making fun of pretty easily, because it's almost there. (laughs) Earlier when we were talking about how I remember when this movie came out, I got nervous that it was just a cash grab to jump in on the Finding Nemo hype. Uh, This animation is part of the reason why I felt like that, because you're right, it doesn't look great. It looks rushed. It looks like people just kind of did their best and moved on. Not not good looking. Yeah, probably not Academy Award worthy nomination. (laughs) Polar Express was so much prettier. God damn it, dude. It's a beautifully animated film, except for the faces that are haunting. (laughs) Yeah, well, there you go. Oscar, he works at a whale wash, okay? But he fantasizes about the rich and famous. He's friend-zoning Angie, who's played by uh, Renee Zellweger. She's clearly in love with him, and he's either A, too stupid to realize it, or B, just being kind of a dick and forward and, like, dances with her all the time, but also he's just like, you're my best friend, Angie. Ugh, God, she's so goddamn thirsty. For a fish living in water, she is super thirsty. (laughs) She wants him to swim in something wetter than the ocean, if you know what I mean. Hey, Ew, come on, That's a quote from The weekend. That's a quote from The weekend. (laughs) Nice. Okay. All right. Good. Well, meanwhile, this, I guess it's like, I mean, it's a God, it's the Godfather, a Godfather-esque, you know, criminal family enterprise of great white sharks is the crime lord father, Don Lino, played by Robert De Niro. And uh, he has two sons, Lenny and Frankie. And he's also got an octopus sidekick that was very clearly supposed to be Christopher Walken, but he must have been busy or some shit. (laughs) That's uh, Luca, played by Vincent Pastore, who I also think was in The Sopranos, or at least has been in a hundred fucking gangster Italian gangster movies. Yeah. Is Vincent Pastore big pussy (laughs) in The Sopranos? Yeah. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. Oh, oh yeah, that's big pussy. Don, so Don Lino, he is introduced bullying Sykes, played by legendary director Martin Scorsese. Uh, what is happening? What the fuck is happening? I, I just, he must have needed money. That's all I can think. He just must have needed money. Maybe it's just because, like, he he wanted to maybe do some acting, and rather, instead of acting in front of the camera, he thought it'd be kind of fun to do a vocal performance. I'm Honestly, he's really committed to this fucking part and does a pretty good job. Him and De Niro, I'll say, are actually, like, pretty good. They're not sleepwalking through these performances, I don't think. No, it's weird. The only person who does seem to be sleepwalking a little bit through it at times, I won't even say that he's doing it the whole time is probably will smith <laughs> you know what i think will smith does his best like it's it's i think it's a pretty good vocal performance i'll say a lot of them are really good those three in particular yeah uh angelina jolie if anyone is, is sleepwalking through this it seems like someone keeps like shaking her like elbow to wake her up in the, the booth is she sleepwalking through it or is she just you know brandon not that good whoa come on dude angie jolie academy award winner for Girl Interrupted, bro? I I mean, meh. I she's don't know. been in some good movies, man. Yeah, okay, Come she's on. been in some good movies. Uh, you think she really gave a shit about Shark Tale? 
<laughs> no, I'm assuming she did it to, you know, please one of her kids or something. That's what I'd imagine. Yeah, you know, maybe. That's why actors maybe. probably do those roles. I don't know. Anyway, the fact that they've got Martin Scorsese and he's riffing off of De Niro in this, you know, mobster <laughs> tale is just weird, but like funny and meta. And I honestly think that they're like the best parts of this movie. Sykes, uh, Scorsese, he runs the car wash and he is in debt to Don Lino. So Lino's demanding payment. At this point, he tries to squeeze the money out of Oscar because Oscar, I guess, owes him 5,000 clams. Clams are money in this world. You get it, dude. Yeah. Clams are, yeah, because it's it's another pun. It's funny, dude. It's funny. So he's got two jellyfish enforcers, (laughs) Ernie and Bernie, who are these, you know, Jamaican stereotypes. I'll say there's a, for a movie about fish, there's a lot of racial stereotypes in this movie. This, uh, I'm surprised this doesn't, uh, raise more eyebrows than it did because I don't know, maybe it's just the, the times changing, but 2019, this raised my eyebrow a little bit, the depiction of these characters. It's several characters throughout this, and it's also, like, Will Smith clearly identifies as an African-American in the movie based... He even says, like, what, like, whitefish can't do this and stuff? Like, there's a clear delineation between whitefish and blackfish in the species of fish in this movie. Well, if... You know, it's not really a Will Smith movie if he doesn't make a joke about being black at one point. That's that's a Will Smith trademark. Aw, hell no. Don't go there, Zach. That was a Will Mm. Smith reference because he also used to say oh hell no in all of his movies dude i'm I mean, sorry how did will you smith, pronounce his name will smith uh that's not how you pronounce his name oh come on dude don't do this to me <laughs> anyway uh will smith's character obviously doesn't have the money um so he goes to angie basically to clear his head yeah well no angie yeah angie comes to him and offers up some sort of pearl i believe that she has passed down in her family that she probably stole from uh, a clam i i don't understand how things interact with each other in this world it's a bit strange it's a bit strange but he pours his heart out to her tells her that you know his dad i guess worked at the goddamn car wash his entire life as a tongue scrubber he thought that was cool until all the fucking fish in class laughed at him and show and tell and then he was like i'm a goddamn nobody and nobody loves a nobody so then she's guilted into being like, all right, here's this precious family heirloom that I'll give you to pay off your goddamn debt to your boss, you terrible, terrible human being. So, or not human being, fish. Will you please fuck me now? Will you please fuck me now? <laughs> he won't even fuck her. Come on, man. Just Thanks, fuck her. Angie. You're my best friend. Ooh, friend zone by the guy. Back with the sharks, we find out that Lenny is quite the disappointment to his pop because he's a vegetarian. He doesn't want to eat fish. And also he's gay. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the clear, the clear real thing that's going on here. But whatever. If they're going to go about this this way, if it gets the message out I, enough, you know, I mean, I guess this is a way to introduce this topic to kids. It's just, you know, the way it's kind of depicted in some scenes is just uh, a little, <laughs> a little sketchy, in my opinion. They're eating and he's basically telling them off, telling them you got to be more of a shark or whatever. Uh, eat the shrimp. And he can't Dude. eat the shrimp. And the shrimp is giving him like this whole sob story. He's like, well, my, this is funny. This is a legitimate laugh out of me where the shrimp is giving this whole like excuse like, oh, like my wife just had surgery and the kid is sick. And, you know, I, I'm trying to work off my debt. I hope you don't eat me. It's going to suck if you do. It's actually funny. It's legitimately good part of this movie. My nephew lost his legs and his arms and I'm just trying to care for him. 
It's so good. It's funny. It's a it's a good part of this movie. Uh, but uh, Lenny can't eat the shrimp. He gets legitimately sick, doesn't he, when he eats fish? Yeah. So he's allergic. So his dad's just trying to kill him, essentially what this is. Well, he's allergic to heterosexuality. Oh. Don Lino tells Frankie to take Lenny out and, you know, show him the ropes, teach him how to be a shark proper, and he's got to go out and basically kill something. So then we cut to Oscar, who heads to the racetrack to pay uh, Sykes the $5,000, or clams, rather, that he, I guess, scored from Angie's family heirloom, the pearl. But he overhears on his way some fish discussing how the race is rigged, so he decides to bet all the money, like an asshole, on the seahorse to win. Yeah, Oscar's being a real piece of shit. This is the point where you're just like, you know what? It's cool if you get killed. You're kind of an asshole. And this is kind of the part of the movie where I realize this whole this this story in general is really set up or based on just coincidence after coincidence or lucky happenstance after happenstance. Like, they're all these tiny little almost nothing plot points that get you from A to B that seems really strange to me. Like, I really understand the basic, what we're about to get to, you know, the great white lie or whatever that he tells. That's a very similar plot device, similar to Ants, honestly, where he's lying to be a soldier or whatever. Uh, Well, you know, at least Ants is, it has a little bit of character and plot development along with it, but you're right. This movie is just, the entire thing is driven by someone being in the wrong place at the wrong time. He accidentally overhears these people, because if he pays Sykes off, the rest of the movie doesn't happen. But he overhears these fish talking, so he bets on this race, and then the race, you know, turns out that the seahorse, you know, fails and loses in terrible, spectacular fashion. And on the way to the race, anyway, he also runs into sexy fish, Lola, played by Angelina Jolie. Who very openly just says, uh, I only date rich guys. Yeah, she's a gold digger, dude. But, you know, y- you do you, sexy fish. Absolutely. She's dangerous, super bad. Better watch out, she'll take your cash. She's a gold digger. That was the song playing in the background, in case he didn't know. And then, in case he really didn't know, she tells him outright, like, honestly, I'm superficial on the inside. <laughs> uh, and it's it's just too bad, because Will Smith's fish is a, is a broke loser who bets... Uh, his friend's money on uh, racetracks. Yeah, loses, and then Sykes is like, fuck it, dude, you've wasted my time, and you also took the goddamn money that was supposed to be mine and bet on a horse that lost. You're dead. I'm done. So he takes the jellyfish, orders the jellyfish to kill him. Naturally, in a kid's movie, they tie him up and start to torture him. <laughs> They're like zapping him and shit. It's pretty cool. Lenny is then ordered to kill Oscar because him and Frankie come across Ernie and Bernie, scare them away, and he orders him, like, this is your shot. The guy's tied up. There's nothing you can't do. So he swims in, and instead of eating him, you know, pretends to eat him, takes him, unties him, and lets him go. Frankie, who's furious by this, chases after them, and a goddamn anchor, again, another coincidence, an anchor falls, crushing his head, dude. And the jellyfish see this, you know, Lenny... Uh, swims away in dismay because his brother has just been killed in a freak coincidence. Uh, The jellyfish see this and, you know, they jump to conclusions and say Oscar must have killed him. And Oscar, to his credit, goes along with it. And he says, yeah, I I killed this this fucking shark. What of it? Uh, Don't come near me. I'll kill you. The shark slayer is born. Cut to Oscar parading around the city, telling everyone the tall tale, and he becomes an instant legend. Starts getting interviewed by the lovely Katie Current on live TV. 
Sykes becomes his manager, and they immediately agree to split the profits 50-50. All he's done is, he's, I guess they're just like, we're going to be rich. This is going to be, like, amazing. We're going to make a ton of money out of nowhere. In what, what, how? How are you going to make money off this? Endorsement deals? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm thinking at first, but then, lo and behold, he becomes fucking rich immediately. And that's the other thing I don't know. Is this been a week? Has this been a month or a year? I don't know how long has passed, because there's already video games and endorsement deals and all this shit set up while uh lenny is still on the run like this all takes place in a certain like a time bubble or something i don't know what's in like happening. two days maybe <laughs> yeah, in two days right or maybe it's months i don't know is this when they're in the penthouse partying initially now well this is yeah during that montage they do penthouse party but then first we have to see this which honestly here right here is my favorite part of the movie this goddamn mafia funeral for <laughs> for the shark they're like throwing his corpse out like oh out to sea and it's floating up to the air and they're all like singing in like a lounge and they're kissing the fin of robert de niro and shit it really oh oh you know what you're right this is a good point by you uh some of the mafia movie stereotypes that they do in this movie are super funny <laughs> yeah do you remember that scene in uh zootopia with like the the what is that little creature who's the little mob boss at the end the god yeah i know I what they you're probably ripped about. off a lot of shark tail dude I, well um no but yeah i'm busting the lid off this right now hashtag justice for shark tail oscar should have gone to who that's the whole thing uh as the person who typically runs the twitter i can go ahead and say we're not going to be running with that hashtag uh uh, hashtag fuck you, Brandon. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there's an old man shark. It's <laughs> an old man shark, dude, who's singing. He comes up to like, you know, tell it. <laughs> He's like the rival shark. shark boss or something. Yeah. Paying his condolences and like, yeah. Kissing He's the buzzy. Like, He's the buzzini of. <laughs> shark tail yeah yeah exactly oh god there's another shark who comes up and says may whoever did this die a thousand deaths and may his stinking maggot covered corpse rot in the fieriest pits of hell oh yeah really like, aggressive this is a kids movie yeah that's where that pg comes in bruh <laughs> the sharks can't find lenny so he's declared missing don lino is pretty pissed and there's word that there's this shark slayer around who probably took out frankie he's the reason he's dead and he's also killing other sharks uh there's also i do have to mention a shark fart right here that smells so bad underwater that it kills an orca did you just say a shark fart yes there was a shark fart in this where the bubble comes up the old man shark farts and there's a bubble and it bursts in front of the orca and it smells so bad that he faints i do remember that uh i'm just mad that i didn't call you dj shark fart at the beginning <laughs> oh man dj shark fart idea yeah oh yeah if i ever become a member of a band it'll be called shark fart oh for sure it's not even a question. Deepest, bluest, my head is like a shark fart. Ah, yikes. <laughs> LL Cool J, Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, thank you. Any who's a dater. We get a montage of Oscar basically getting everything he's ever wanted. He's, yeah, endorsed by the companies. He's uh, on magazines. By the way, I paused some of these magazines to see how some of the lazy puns were. There was one, though, that caught me by surprise, and I was like, holy shit, Shark Tale, this is pretty dark. It says, OJ, OJ Shrimpson. And then there's quotes Ugh, that says, yikes. come on, man, I wasn't even there. Uh, it's, you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know what? Oh, I man. guess I guess we have to take a stand and decide if it's funny yet. And 
based on his Twitter and the the amount of followers he has on Twitter, I'm going to go ahead and say that's a funny joke. Good on you, Shark Tale. O.J. Shrimpson. Shrimpson. Ugh. Good Lord. I'm going to start a new... Uh, I'm changing my uh, my Twitter handle to O.J. Shrimpson. <laughs> oh. Ugh. Ugh. So, Angie and Oscar... They have a heart-to-heart where he, you know, gives her back her grandma's pearl. Now it's a pearl necklace, wink, wink. She thinks that he's going to propose, but Lola ends up crashing the whole thing. And, yeah, she's let down yet again because he can't see that she's in love with him. And he goes off with Lola right in front of her, dude. He's a line tongue scrubber, played by Will Smith. Lola... Yeah, crashes the convo, steals Oscar away. Just when this shark sighting occurs at the edge of the reef, but it turns out to be Lenny because everyone freaks out and they're like, oh shit, we've got a goddamn shark slayer. Go out there and do your job. So he leaves, kind of scared shitless, but he runs into Le- to Lenny and Lenny basically begs him to take him in because he has no place to go. He can't go home because he does because he's a vegetarian and he doesn't want his family to change him and he also can't, like, you know, go back because he wants to use this opportunity to maybe play out his death start a new life mm-hmm. and so he hides him and angie finds out like almost immediately right yeah she finds him the next day because there's this whole bit where he basically yeah comes out to oscar like he hides him away in this like storage area and he, they have this whole like heart to heart where he comes out and tells him that he's a vegetarian i've never told a fish before you know my father doesn't accept me all this dialogue and language that you've seen associated with you know someone finally telling someone about their you know true self it's you know i guess i'm 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 conflicted because it feels cheap the way they're doing it but i also it's i mean to get the message out there is good i suppose in this way to young kids but i don't know man it's really (laughs) ham-fisted i think in hindsight it's definitely you know especially when you're looking at that early 2000s mid 2000s i guess era where you had even people like barack obama who was coming out and saying that he didn't support gay marriage even though he eventually was the president that helped legalize gay marriage It, it was just a different time in terms of not it was so taboo you just didn't even talk about it i think if you make shark tale today they maybe take a different route with it. I think it's easy to judge now to look back at it and be like, oh, you cowards, why didn't you just say he was gay? But in actuality, for a kid's movie, it seems like maybe the best way to handle it, given the time period that that movie came out. I will give it the benefit of the doubt, saying that, yeah, for its time period, 2004, it's shockingly not homophobic in the way it represents this character, <laughs> because in early 2000s, it was awful <laughs> in in movies, especially comedies. That's true. It could have been full-fledged, like, this is the gayest shark I've ever seen. Yeah, and, and really and playing their, it up and, and being stereotypical, yeah. And to their credit, Lenny is the most likable character in this entire film, Um, And for the early 2000s, if that is indeed what they were going for, which it's hard to say that it wasn't what they were going for, it's a credit to them. I think they do a really good job with it. Uh, Back at Oscar's pad, what is this? This is the scene where Sykes, yeah, basically tells off Don Lino on the phone. Don Lino's coming for Will Smith. Martin Scorsese's now, he was kind of a sleazy car wash or whale wash um, owner now he's become like a hollywood agent and everything's like quick moving and fast paced and when you know oscar comes in he's like oh there he is my brother my player the shark slayer (laughs) he's 
he's fucking going along with this thing and it's nuts. Yeah, I it's it's a real heel turn for him. It you know, it it's really tough to figure out when Sykes is the villain of this movie or when he's a friend of the ensemble. It's it's confusing sometimes with this character. And that's because of the nuanced, detailed performance of Mr. Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Guy who made uh, The Departed. Ooh, more like... Uh, I was trying to think of a bad Martin Scorsese movie off the top of my head. I couldn't really think of one. No. Bringing Out the Dead no, go maybe ahead. isn't that great, but it's still pretty good. Um, uh, let me, hold on. I'm hold sure on. there's Give probably one seconds. of them. Uh, uh, um, mm, yeah... Uh, I can think of some like you know all right ones. I can't think of any bad I, ones. Yeah, I'm gonna cut all. Yeah, of this. no, that's fair. <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking it up. Oh, the Last Temptation of Christ wasn't fantastic. That's my favorite movie. No, it's not. You fucking liar. You're a goddamn liar. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Whoa, are you calling me a shark slayer, dude? Oh, this fucking this website I'm looking on is bullshit. They're Born all Hub? they're ranking his movies. From worst to best, and uh, what's it worst? Gangs in the Gangs in New York is fourteen. Fucking oh, the Departed on, is dude. ten. What, the Departed dude? is ten. Get out! Yeah, that's, um, that's not. To be oh, believed. but to be fair, uh, Boxcar Bertha is the worst okay. one at number right. twenty-three. Well, I don't think I've actually seen that one, so I can't. New York, New York, bringing out the dead is number twenty. Okay, see, so my, I mean, I guess it kind of stuck. Shutter Island is nineteen. Get out of here, dude! Shutter Island's dope. After Hours, Cundon, The hours Color, of, really money. Color of, Alice of Money, Alice Doesn't Live Anymore, Again, you gotta, you Gangs in New them. York, 14. Yeah, you gotta sort them somehow. Gangs so. in New York, 14. Age of Innocence, Hugo. You're gonna tell me fucking Gangs in New York wasn't as good as Hugo? Fuck off with that <laughs> bullshit. Whoa, man. The Aviator, The Aviator, Then The Departed, Cape Fear, The Last Temptation of Christ, Wolf of Wall Street, I 7, Wall Street. Casino, 6, Casino's a top three. Fuck them. Casino's top three. <laughs> King of Comedy, Mean Streets. Mean Streets is good. Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Bulls. and then yeah, Goodfellas. Okay, right. okay. That you know they what? That top themselves. three is yeah, is acceptable. All right. Well, uh, but but I but I would switch out Casino and uh, the King of Comedy. Oscar decides to stage a fight with Lenny, kind of to solve both of their problems. He wants to start a new life basically fake his death and will smith wants to you know secure his reputation as being the shark slayer on live tv in front of fucking everybody prove them all wrong because there's no better way really to get the mafia off your back than to double down on killing the don sons it's like it's like if in the godfather they killed santino and then you're no and then they were like you know what let's just kill fredo like let's let's really go for it (laughs) And it's when they're discussing this whole plan that Angie, yeah, finds out and also confesses to Oscar her love for him at this point and kind of tells him to fuck off at the end of it. Basically, like, you know, I've been right here this whole time and you're kind of a chode and, you know. You know what is a better movie? And I'm sorry to get off track, but if uh, Frankie gets killed and instead of Lenny running away, he goes Michael Corleone and kills the fucking person operating the boat. Then he has to go off to Italy for a couple of years and hide out there. And he comes back and uh, then he ends up killing his other brother because he betrays the family in the sequel. Um, so basically, if they just made uh, Shark Tale The Godfather Part 1 and 2. So wait, does he operate the boat? Does he like get out and like 
with his fins steer. No, he just he goes for a meeting and uh, swims there. Yeah, uh, because be, well, yeah, because that boat earlier in the movie, and we didn't mention this. That boat earlier in the movie tried to kill uh, Robert De Niro's character. This is getting messy, and I'm gonna stop. So they do this whole, you know, staged fight in the middle of the city, uh, Times Square, right? And he's tossed through fucking billboards and shit. One of them's a Jaws billboard. I again, I don't understand what's don't get really it, going don't on. Get it. What to them is the movie Jaws? <laughs> is it a documentary? Who do they root for is that it, what movie, is it? Yeah, do they root for <laughs> yeah. the humans. Do they know about humans? I'm very confused. And there's one part where he is eaten by Lenny for a second or in his mouth. And then he rips open the jaw and just starts quoting random movies that kids would be too young to understand the references. And so adults are just like, Oh, (laughs) I know that movie. Like he quotes a few good men and Jerry Maguire. Yeah. uh... And it cuts to Renee Zellweger. Who's like, (laughs) Renee Zellweger fish. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Who is this for? Why are you doing this? That doesn't, those quotes don't match what's happening on screen. Yeah. It really, it, and this is where I start to take a lot of umbrage with this movie is that at this point they're doing pop culture references for the sake of pop culture references. You know, Luca the octopus and the squad of mob sharks witness the fight. And after, you know, Lenny's thrown into like some screens and shit and they explode and he falls into like a cavernous pit in the ocean. Everyone believes he's dead and everyone believes that Will Smith truly is the shark slayer he purports to be. Yeah, uh, just pronounce his name right. Okay, buddy. Uh. (laughs) Oh, God damn it, dude. I don't want... Is that your third White Claw? What are you doing? Yeah, I'm getting uh, getting a little wasted. (laughs) Oh, shit, dude. You're the the shark slayer. You're the claw slayer, am I right, dude? Oh, the uh, the claw slayer, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you so much. I uh, the smashed pumpkin, dude. It's pretty good. It's still only on my one. Oh, that's well. It's you know why? It's because lame in comparison. Yeah, it's because you're you're a big pussy. Like the guy, like the guy uh, who plays Luca the octopus. (laughs) Nice tying it back into the episode. You're good at this. Uh, Yeah, I know. that's why i can drink three white claws and keep doing this brandon we get a sad oscar montage that ends in i guess the immediate fallout of oscar and lola because she was really smitten with him she waits for him to come back from the party and at this point he's kind of bummed because angie told him to fuck off despite everyone loving him and thinking that you know he truly is the shark slayer he realizes you know what i don't have the love of the people i really want so he tells lola i'm not interested and she goes cuckoo bananas and the only thing she loves more than money revenge oh that i hope that doesn't play out later in the in the movie it might dude give it a 10 a solid 10 minutes well at this point i guess out of nowhere really uh he realizes you know what i guess i do love angie so he decides to go to the car wash to finally tell her I don't know if he's always loved her and he never realized it, that old chestnut in movies, uh, or if it was him just feeling bad and missing her. And, and I think it's guilt. I think he's... It, so you think this relationship probably doesn't last past the credits? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. They're not I, a forever family? I think it's very disingenuous and honestly shame on angie for uh trying to control his emotions like that like fuck off whoa oh wait so wait angie's the bad guy in this yeah angie is the bad guy in this oh my god like i'm you've got 
I think well, I think you need to do some like introspective looking at how you. Oh, I'm sorry. And your thoughts. I'm sorry. On I'm Noel. sorry, Brandon. This guy gets everything he wants. He's been nothing but a good friend to this woman, and she all of a sudden, I well, it's because I want to sleep with you. And suddenly he's the one that's got to change his fucking outlook on everything. Fuck that. What are you talking about? He's used her. He pawned off her family, you know, <laughs> artifact in order to settle some debts. Okay, but then he but then he got it back for her. Yeah, he did get it back for her with interest, as he declares. But she just And he she gets her want... fucking donuts every day. <laughs> like, yeah, he's a piece of shit and no one's denying that, but he hasn't done anything to her in terms of emotional uh, abuse. Like, fuck that. <laughs> sure, sure. All right, fine, fine. Oscar's innocent. Hashtag Oscar's Hashtag innocent. Hashtag Oscar's innocent. Okay, OJ yeah. Shrimpson. Hashtag OJ wasn't even there. <laughs> Jesus, that's so weird. Like, why would you? It's in a flash, too, so it's only for assholes who's pausing it like me. (laughs) Lenny is now Sebastian the Dolphin, and he's spray-painted blue. He's got a rubber band around his nose, so I guess it's kind of shaped more like a dolphin. Let's be honest. He's the exact same, except for the fact that he's spray-painted blue. And he's a a blue shark. Rubber band. Yeah, he's a a blue shark with trash on his face. (laughs) So it blows my mind that his family or any of these other animals don't recognize that that's clearly the shark that you just fought in the city's Times Square, dude. Yeah, immediately. Idiots. Everybody here is an idiot. Well, once at the car wash, he gets a call from Luca that Angie's been kidnapped. There's actually some pretty fun exchanges here. I will admit that Luca is is a pretty funny character. A side character, anyway. He's also he, he's also played by the guy who plays Big Pussy, and that's great. So I'm just going to keep calling him Big Pussy, if that's okay uh, with you, Brandon. God, I really take umbrage with that, Zach. I just don't like it. What a great show. What a better show the, that The Sopranos is compared to this being a movie. What are you talking about, dude? Shark Tale all the way. I give Sopranos a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and this movie can go fuck itself. <laughs> well, uh, Sykes finds out that Lenny and Oscar are frauds, and the three of them head back to the shark's lair. Them and the shark slayer. <laughs> See what I did there, dude? Anyway... All the sharks are scared, uh, except for Don Lino. He ain't scared of shit. He can see right through you. So, again, he's staring at his son, who's simply wearing paint and a rubber band on his nose, and somehow he just thinks that's a goddamn dolphin, his dolphin henchman. Anyway, uh, they've kidnapped Angie. They have her on a platter, and... Will Smith orders Jack Black to eat Angie. So Lenny does. He scoops in, grabs her, and then instead of getting out of there like normal fucking people or sharks or humans or fish or whatever these creatures are, these abominations, he has to he, he has, has to, to show sh- off, dude. Yeah, he has to shit talk. Yep. Yeah, he has to showboat. And uh, Lenny, who has showed an aversion to the taste of fish earlier, ends up throwing up Angie and a bunch of other weird shit that the other sharks eat. It's bizarre. Yeah, there's a violin in there. Anyway. So he'll eat trash, but not fish. Uh, Weirdo. So he's finally, though, revealed, you know, and Lino, he is super disrespected, so angry at both of them. He attacks Oscar and Lenny, and we get this chase throughout, you know, the city into the car wash. Lino and Lenny eventually get stuck in the machinery and are kind of able to talk it out and resolve their differences. This is all happening at the same time as, like, the news crew finds 
him, again, Oscar, appearing to be the hero, having stopped both the sharks because they're stuck, and they're interviewing him live on TV and shit, and he's trying to get Angie's attention, and then finally, you know, Lino is able to accept that his son is a vegetarian, in quotes, I love you no matter what you eat or how you dress. And uh, Oscar, I'm sorry, I, I completely spaced, but Oscar in this time also admits to the media that he's not a fucking shark slayer. He does this in front of everybody and uh, just, you know, says basically that he lied and everybody uh, should be cool with it. Yeah, and everyone is. He faces no repercussions or consequences for his actions. In fact, he even gets the girl. He confesses his love to Angie and she's all into it. And then, out of nowhere, he like asks the sharks, like, hey, are we cool? And they just say, we're cool. Foregoing eons of primal instinct... They're just going to leave the fucking reef alone. Like, no, it's cool. We'll all just be vegetarian sharks now. It uh, it also foregoes every mafia movie ever made. Like, can you fucking imagine any mafia movie where one guy just looks at the Don and he's like, we're good, right? Eh, yeah, <laughs> we're good. We're cool. Oh, boy. Well... Our epilogue here, Angie is now, you know, with Oscar. They are kind of running the car wash together. He, Oscar's the co-manager of the car wash with Sykes, who's now a pimp for some reason. He's wearing like a pimp hat. He's got a gold tooth. He's got a cane. And he's having like a yo-yo, yippee-yo back and forth with Robert De Niro's character. It Watching, th- watching these two titans of cinema debase themselves. <laughs> These two combined have made very good movies with each other, and uh, it's just uh, what a sad, sad ending to this movie. Just watching just two guys who you, re- yo, yo, who you respect, yeah, who you respect so much, doing the old people yo 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 argument. Oh my god! And then what to top dis- it all off, what a disappointing end. And to top it all off, we get a working at the car wash, yeah, montage, little dance number, dude, because it's early 2000s, every animated movie fucking had to end with a dance number. Do you, th- oh, and they do like a dance off between the fish and the sharks, it's fucking abominable. Uh, but do you, do you think that they made Oscar a, a car wash person just so they could put this song in at the end of the movie. Cause I think they do. I think they worked from the, I think they worked backwards on this one where they were like, we got this amazing cover of working at the car wash. We got to put it into this fucking movie somehow. Well, he was already like, you know, a janitor at a school. Nope. Nope. Now he washes cars. <laughs> or but there's whales. no cars underwater. <laughs> well, whales, whales. I don't care. He does something. He washes something that's equivalent to cars. Wait, so he washes other people? I don't care. Put it in the fucking movie. We're getting this song in the movie. It's sweet. Just do it. <laughs> and also, we just got a shit ton of money for Burger King to put some ads in the background of our fucking movie. Give me a title. Fish King. It doesn't matter. We also got Coca-Cola. Change the name of that? Uh, no, I don't think we can. That's fine. Just put it in as is. I don't give a shit. <laughs> that's true. That's the one that's not touched. Because the one that's not touched. Just, they're, they're just drinking fucking Coke. They're, they're drinking also, Coca-Cola. Or, <laughs> they're also ordering fucking pizzas in this world. There's a scene where Luke is like trying to pick up the phone. He's like, hey, I'll take a medium pizza with anchovies and all this stuff. So he's eating other fish. I don't know, man. It's fucking nuts. Disturbing is what it is. Fuck this movie. (sighs) 
anyway, that brings us to our end as we get a little flash frame of the actors' credits as they're going through the movie, dude. Will Smith, Renee Zellweger. God, what a cast. What a time. Shark Tale. Mm-hmm. Brandon, your thoughts? Uh, this, again, I didn't get into it too much in the beginning other than saying that I really enjoyed it. This was honestly a movie I actually, I, I really did like. Again, I think because of the stupid pop culture references, because of the cast, because it dealt with sharks and it was underwater, there was a lot of things that were in my wheelhouse and I just liked it. I haven't seen it probably since I was a, what, this came out in 2004? So, I, again, I was 13 when this came out. I shouldn't have been as into this movie as I was, which is kind of saying a lot about me and the sadness that was my life. Maybe still is. But I think it moves at a quick enough pace. It's like 90 minutes. It doesn't overstay its welcome, it seems. A lot of the, the vocal performances, I think Will Smith, you know, he does his best. He's not great, but I do think De Niro and Scorsese are pretty funny, except when they're doing the bullshit, like trying to hip up their dialogue. I really hate that. That's just sad to listen to. But I do think they're pretty fun in their performances. The animation really isn't honestly that good, like especially on the character design. It's kind of gross looking. It all ends too easy. The character doesn't necessarily get any comeuppance and he's kind of a dick the entire way through. So I wouldn't necessarily show this to kids today because I kind of think it's a little, I don't know, we're not offensive, but just not good. Like kids probably shouldn't watch this movie. I, I kind of see this as a movie that if you were nostalgic about it, this was honestly kind of a fun watch. I didn't hate myself watching it. But also, I'm never going to probably watch this movie again. You know what I mean? I, I watched it for this and this alone. And I'll give it like a, a like a 40. It, get, it had like a 30 what percent on 30 something percent on runs. I'll give it like a 40. Yeah, I, I'm in 100 percent agreement with you down to my rating. I was going to give it a 40 uh, as well. So uh, sorry, we're not different on that opinion. But I think I dislike it for different reasons. Like you, I also enjoyed this movie. When I was younger, for some inexplicable reason, um, just because I don't see why I would have liked it, looking back on it now, um, it does have an amazing cast. And you're right, no one is really giving a bad performance in it. To me, this movie kind of suffers from a plot issue. I think this easily, and I don't condone movies being an hour long and then moving to cinemas, but this movie feels like it could have been an hour long just because I, I felt even back when I was watching this, when I was 13, 12 years old, however old I was, uh, this movie hits a wall after the second act. Um, I just, it, it, it it hits a point in this movie where it's like, okay, I don't care anymore. I don't really care about the relationship between him and Angie. I don't really care about, you know, Lenny trying to be a dolphin and hiding the fact that he's a shark. So it just, it feels like about as base of an animated family film as you can get. Um, there's a lot of really lazy pop culture reference in, references in it. As you mentioned, the animation isn't that great so it doesn't stand out there either uh the fish puns and the product placement get really tiresome after a while um you know despite a couple of good jokes it's not funny overall there are a couple really good jokes in it but they're few and far between i agree i think if you want to show a kid this kind of movie just go ahead and show them finding nemo one and two Honestly, at this point, just don't don't really bother with this one. Um, I think a 40 is appropriate because, well, it's not the most offensively bad movie I've ever seen. It 
by no means stands out. And uh, I'm right there with you in saying that this is probably the last time I'll ever see Shark Tale. I will say that if you haven't seen it in a really long time, though, it could be a fun, like, drink while you watch movie because it's over the top in some of the, like, crazy shit that's happening in this movie. A lot of it is kind of half-baked, some of the ideas and the world building. No, it's true, but- and I, I'll agree with you for about half the movie because I think when you start off, that nostalgia hits you, and especially if you're, you know, watching it while you're just drinking and having fun i think the first 45 minutes of this movie maybe even less are a really fun watch but again once it starts to hit the main plot of this movie and things start to get rolling i think it just kind of drags a little bit and hits a wall and then i think that sort of glow you have of being like oh this is you know this was fun when i was a kid i think it loses that sheen and i just don't think the nostalgia even holds up on this movie. A lot of the times in this podcast, we talk about the nostalgia kind of carrying you through the film. I don't think that it's good enough where that happens in this movie. <laughs> no, if anything, it kind of makes you hate that that, that year or that like <laughs> beginning mm-hmm. part of the 2000s. Like, oh, God, I'm so glad we moved on from some of this shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, uh, all right, Shark Tale, that's our fifth star on Facebook. I hope uh, anyone else who wants to help us out, honestly, reviews are the best way to do so, that and telling your friends. So write us a review on Facebook, on uh, iTunes. It really helps people get the word out and at least gives people a good indication that the show isn't a piece of shit. Yeah, but before we go through that whole spiel of where you can find us in that, Brandon, I'm, I'm curious to know if you've got anything to recommend, and then we'll get into what we're doing on the next episode. Yeah, I, again, using my MC Stubbs list like a motherfucker, so I'm just going to speed through these goddamn things and just give you some recommends and not recommends based on what I last saw in theater. So I saw, what are we? We we talked about It Chapter 2, right? Did we talk about that last time? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't either, but I do want to tell you about a movie called The Fanatic, which I watched, which was John Travolta in a Limp Bizkit Fred Durst film. Dude. This is one of the best bad movies I've seen in a long time. Like, like truly, truly classically, like, I, I will watch this for years to come. It's so bad. His performance is so fucking ill-advised. Like, Tropic Thunder, you don't go full R. You know what I mean? Dude? You don't do it. This is to the other extreme of, like, a horror fanatic who's obsessed with this star played by Final Destination's Devin Sawa, dude. Ooh! So it's got a lot of things going for it. He becomes obsessed with him, and all kinds of crazy shit happens. But there's a scene in this movie that I just have to touch on. Again, the film, directed by Fred Durst, has a scene in which Devin Sawa, driving with his, you know, son, turns on the radio and says, you want to listen to a little music? And then Limp Biscuit comes on. He turns it up and he says, yeah, you like a little of the Biscuit? I used to love this. Great music, <laughs> great song. I laughed endlessly. Like, that is amazing. That's yikes. So yeah, definite, definite, honestly, my highest recommend is The Fanatic for all the wrong reasons. It's not a good movie. Also saw that movie, The Goldfinch. I didn't know what the fuck it was really even about from the trailers or whatever. It just seemed like a sad movie based on a book and again i was like yeah, AMC, i was gonna say that's free. a pretty popular book <laughs> yeah. yeah honestly it won a pulitzer prize so i was expecting a lot it's not that good it actually managed to be like the one of the lowest grossing opening weekends in history at like two million or something like that for a wide release 25 percent on rotten tomatoes 
Yeah, it is uh, not that great. I will say it's not nearly as bad as a lot of people are saying. There's some pretty good... Dude, Luke Wilson's pretty good in it. <laughs> Sarah Paulson. It's got a great cast. Oh, uh, great. Yeah, awesome. But yeah, not a recommend. Uh, also saw Hustlers. That was all right. I didn't I didn't think it was like one of the best movies of the year, like people are purporting, but J-Lo's um, pretty good in it, dude. Like really good in it. I don't know if it's, again, Oscar-worthy, but she was good. I thought it was entertaining enough. Kind of a very similar story to what you've seen in like Wolf of Wall Street or even Goodfellas, just with strippers. I'm going to cut you off. Is there anything that you just recommend for being a good movie? <laughs> I will say Ad Astra. I'll recommend that. Ad Astra was okay. pretty good. A, a little slow, okay. but it was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, that brings Christ, us to the yeah. end, Dave. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have been doing nothing but playing catch-up this last week. I haven't really been able to go out to the movies, but uh, because uh, On Cinema started yesterday, um, and Tim Heidecker's new movie, Mr. America, is coming out next week based on the On Cinema universe, uh, I highly recommend checking that out if you've got a free 40 hours to invest in that. It's so worth it it's the funniest thing on the internet um and then that on top of like breaking bad movie coming out next month so i've been doing a lot of catching up uh so i've only got one thing to recommend and i hope i didn't recommend it last time i don't think i did uh hbo is the righteous gemstones it's the new danny mcbride uh john goodman walter goggins uh, the guy from Workaholics, who I, I can never remember his <laughs> Adam name. Adam Devine. Adam Devine, who uh, pisses me off sometimes, but he's great in this. Uh, it is so funny. It's insane. It's crazy. If you liked Vice Principles or Eastbound and Down, it's a lot of that same shit. Uh, it's super funny. Can't uh, recommend it enough. Dude, so based off your recommendation when you were telling me how much you liked it, I watched the first episode and I'd say like through the first 45 minutes, I'm like, yeah, this is really good. I'll probably keep watching this and whatever. But, uh, and then the last like five minutes of that episode happened. I'm like, holy shit. I have to watch every episode of this (laughs) this series. Like, oh my God. It gets real emotional towards the, I mean, I think they just released season or episode six uh, on Sunday and it gets it starts to get emotional and you get invested in these characters, but it's still super funny and just a little over the top, like all these Danny McBride HBO shows tend to be. And it's, it's very, very good. Speaking of super funny and over the top, Zach, you want to talk about uh, the next movie we're going to cover? Yes, I do, Brandon. So this next movie we're covering, I actually never saw until you and I uh, sat down and watched it maybe three years ago. Um, and so I don't have nostalgia quote unquote over it, but my God, is it worth watching? It is so fucking insane. We're getting into our October sort of horror, scary movie sort of, uh, films that we're going to cover, uh, idle hands. (laughs) You mentioned Devin Sawa a couple minutes ago. Uh, and I, I tried very hard not to ruin it there. Uh, fucking so, so, so ready for next next episode. 1999's Idle Hands. We've got Devin Sawa. You got Jessica Alba. Oh! Very beautiful. Yeah, I remember really enjoying her as a young man. Uh, and uh, Seth Green, a huge staple of my childhood. I loved him. Uh, you know, Robot Chicken, Austin Powers. Huge. Without a paddle, huge Seth Green fan. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be 
insane. I, I'm excited. We've been talking about a couple of movies that we're looking forward to. Uh, we got some good episodes coming up, so stick with us. Uh, I know our, our recording's always irregular these days. It's because we're living on uh, opposite coasts of each other in the United States. So thanks for sticking with us, as always. Yes. So, again, as we mentioned earlier, please rate and review us if you can iTunes really helps us out. If you want to listen to more episodes of us, you can check us out on what Podbean at originally hosted site nbd.podbean.com, as well as iTunes and several other podcasting sites and apps. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook. Uh, you can also follow us at Nostalgia Damned, the worst Twitter handle in the world, but that's what we got. Uh, Nostalgia Damned, uh, follow us there. Um, and like Brandon said earlier and probably just said, even though I wasn't listening, don't forget to, uh, write us a review. It really, really helps the show. And please, as always, if you like the show or if you hate the show and you want to, uh, bring down, uh, shittiness on someone else, just tell somebody about this show. It, every view and like helps us. Yeah. That's all I got, dude. Do you have anything else, man? Uh, no, I don't ever. Good. Zach, you know what? My brother, my player, the Shark Slayer. Well, that's the last episode of Nostalgia Be Damned ever. Uh, we were waiting for it. There it is. Um, and I'm just sad that it ended on a Will Smith episode. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, thanks for uh, everything. We love you so, so, so much. Uh, until next time. Yeah, let's drive it on